welcome in to the Crosstown Baseball Show here Monday, April 24th, 2023. I'm your host, Anthony Shulo, and with me as always is Anthony Romanelli. We are your home for Cubs and White Sox talk, just two guys talking about baseball. Um, I covering the White Sox, Romanelli covering the Cubs. And uh, do we have a lot to talk about today? Uh, We did take a week off, folks, last week because you know what? Romanelli and I have kids and kids come first. And we had a crazy kids week uh, over the past week. But we are back. Yep, we are back. Uh, Family first, baseball second. So uh, we have fulfilled our family obligations. Now it's time for some baseball talk. You got that right. And there is a lot to talk about. We're talking extensions today. We're talking about how the Cubs and Sox are faring uh, so far a month into the season here. Um, Cubs are finding some success. White Sox are starting to piss me off a little bit. We'll talk about that. Um, But uh, before we even get into any of that, I know some news came in from the north side and I texted Romanelli right away when I heard it. Two big extensions out of Wrigley Field, Ian Happ and Nico Horner. Now, I'm sure some of you have heard this because it's a week old, but I wanted to give Romanelli an opportunity to just uh, talk about it, him and I. But as far as these extensions go, um, Nico Horner got a three-year extension with the Cubs. Three years, uh, $35 million, excuse me. 35, yeah. And starts in 2024 next year. And then Ian Happ got a three-year extension as well. He's racking in $61 million over three years. So that's $20 million in 24, $20 million in 25, $18 million in 26. Good chunk of change for Ian Happ. Romanelli, when you heard about these extensions, what was your immediate reaction? Ecstatic. Uh, I was super, super happy uh, because it goes back to the idea that uh, – with them signing Swanson for seven years, and we had talked about this prior, I'm like, man, I hope that that Swanson wasn't just a, a single signing for no reason and not, you know, just to get the Cubs temporarily excited. I was like, they need to shore up Horner. They need to shore up Hap. And as soon as they did, I was like, okay. So they're proving uh, that they're they're in. They are in. They're in for the long haul. I think now they're going to build um again we talked about if they're above 500 at the end of the year or at 500 i'm going to be ecstatic they're off to a great start um but i could not be happier with the extensions of horner and half that's awesome i quite frankly i was surprised i i knew i i think you knew this you know coming into the season we talked a lot about horner and half being extended and and i did not think it would get done i think now more than ever when you look at how the market for major league baseball has played out. A lot of these players wait to test the market to get their money. Now I think why these players probably signed with the Cubs now is, you know, Hap's a little older than, than, than Horner, but these deals allow these two players to kind of bring in some cash. Now play with a team that they clearly love and enjoy playing with and this group Mm -hmm. of guys. But then when these three, when this three-year contract expires, these guys can still go in the market in their late twenties, early 30s and still get paid a big chunk of change from their next team and maybe that team's the cubs but you said it right like if you have dansby swanson here for seven years you lock these two gentlemen up for three then you're looking at a core that consists of or at least a hitting core of horner hap swanson suzuki fill in the rest then it gets starts to get interesting it it does um wisdom is off to a great start i remember talking to you last year uh, and even a couple other people, once Bryant was gone, I was like, okay, sign, sign wisdom for three years for the power for the corner to see what happens and then go get a third baseman. Well, right now he's tearing it up. He's still striking out a little, but, uh, the nine home runs or 10 home runs that he has is close to, if not leading the league. I don't think he's leading the league, but he was no. close. Um, he was close for a while. Um, and I'm super happy with how they're performing as a whole. Uh, every game is com- well. Most games are super competitive. Uh, they have one my I'm sorry, one major major hole in their bullpen, and it's Fulmer. He has single handedly blown the last two games, or not kept them close. We'll talk about that later. I'm too happy right now uh, with the fact that they've signed. Honestly, they've signed Horner. They've signed Hap. Uh, Smiley was what seven and a third or two thirds into that perfect game. We can talk about that later. Um, yeah, they're they're 
making everyone on the north side, I think, uh, happy. I don't want to say believe yet, but they're building. They are absolutely building. And it was every question. What the Cubs are doing is answering every question we had in the offseason. Are they going to be strong? Are they going to be consistent? And are they going to sign the guys? Because I talked to you before about the mental game that being signed versus not being signed plays on a guy. You yeah. Remember? Yeah. And so now that they're now that they're signed, Horner's playing out of his mind. I've said this before. That dude's going to be an all-star. He will be. He currently, I think, leads the league in hits. If not, again, he's top three. He was leading the league going into the weekend. I don't know about now. Um, but uh, I'm really, really happy. I, and I would have to believe that all Cubs fans right now are, are quite pleased. Yeah, I mean, you said you said that they're right now answering some of those questions we had coming in in the spring. But not only are they answering them, but I am I'm, I'm, I am just shocked because we weren't expecting them to really play com- competitive baseball. And that's the thing. Like, I'm not ex- – and I think let's let's be straight here. I don't think you or I are expecting this team to win 90 games and go deep in the playoffs. We still don't expect that. But yeah. but what we did not expect to this level is they're playing competitive games against competitive teams. They are uh, holding their own against the Dodgers, for example. Very yep. excited to see what they do this week against the Padres. Like, I I am I'm I'm surprised by some of these early pitching performances. Obviously, your your boy Justin Steele, my guy Marcus yes. Stroman, coming in so strong, and these right. hitters are are just putting bat to ball, timely hitting. Mm-hmm. They have some pop, and they're just they're piecing it all together in a way that I just didn't expect. I, yeah, I, I would agree. I'm liking every button they're pushing. Now the one, the one thing that I remember saying that I'm, I will gladly eat crow if he continues this is not trusting Justin Smiley having gone into the beginning of the year. Uh, because if you remember Rios, his own teammate just beat the bejesus out of him over and over and over in preseason. And I was like, or in spring training, I was like, so uh, hold on. You said, so you said Justin Smiley, do you mean steel or drew Smiley? No, Smiley. Um, Smiley, Yeah. Smiley got hammered over and over by Rios in uh, spring training. Uh, Every time Rios went to bat and Smiley was pitching, he clobbered the ball. So it, it made me nervous. And then for him to come out and pitch, you know, what could have very well been a perfect game um, was incredible. My dad even called me. He's like, are you watching this? I'm like, yeah, I'm listening. And I, so and then I was able to watch. And then the way it ended is is tragic. But to uh, Gomes' credit with wearing the helmet uh, in the post-game interview was pretty funny. Uh, they're, they're, they seem to – this is something else I found out. I don't know if it matters, but I think Ross learned a little bit from uh, Madden in the idea of them becoming a team and bonding. And they've, they've mentioned more than once how often they as a collective group go out to dinner, a large mm-hmm. amount of them go out to dinner. And it's yeah. made them a tight-knit group. And it's only April, and that's going to be huge because – at some point, they're going to slump hard, like every team does. And when they slump, they're going to need each other and remember these dinners in April. Like, hey, it's okay. This is just part of the part of the whole. Like for the for as great as Tampa is doing right now, just playing out of their minds, the first thirteen in a row. Uh, you know, at some point, they're going to lose four or five, and everybody else in the East is going to creep up little by little. The Yankees will make it competitive and, and see what happens. But right now, how could you not be happy as a Cubs fan? Yeah, uh, definitely defying expectations, no doubt about it. And to set this to set the scene for everyone here, for those who maybe haven't been in tune with kind of the record, some of the stats that we're seeing is, is pretty just just crazy considering what we thought this team would be a month in. But right now they are uh, in third place with a twelve and nine record, three games out of first. They have a plus thirty nine run differential. They're scoring more runs than their opponents, which is crazy to think about. Um, but if you go to some of the hitting stats here and you're looking at some of the averages on this team, folks, I mean, look at some of these averages. You have Nico Horner's 355, Suzuki 355, Suzuki 324, Ian Happ 307, Bellinger 300, Swanson 299. Nick Madrigal is pulling something out of his ass and doing 293. (laughs) Like, guys, this is interesting. 
It is. Um, I'm hopeful. It's a, here's what's interesting to me is they don't seem to have, I would be curious from a power numbers perspective where they are like uh, <laughs> in, in like the home run department against like the total home runs as a team against everybody else in the league. Like where do they stand? Are they like 10th or are they like 23rd? Because well, I can tell you, cause you're going to love this. I, this was my next thing to pull up and you prompted me. So if you want to look at how they're performing against the league, this is mm-hmm. going to surprise you folks in home runs. They lead the national are they are fourth in the national league in home runs. They are second in the national league in hits. Okay. That I knew. And they are first in the national league in batting average. Yep. That I also knew they are, they're doing great. Uh, But what I'm, where are they home run wise? Because this is where I think right now, because they're, they're right now, they're a contact team and they're not like crushing the ball home run after home run after home run. Um, Well, well, they're, they're fourth in homers and second in RBIs. Yeah. I didn't know they were that high. Okay. Not bad. No, not, no, not at all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my, now I picked Ian Happ to be my home run leader. That's not going to happen, but I'm no. okay with that. Sure. That right. is, I, but I am okay with that because again, his on base percentage um, is what is it, 400 or 500? Where am I? Oh no, it's not quite that high. Who who are you asking about Happ? It's only at 340. I thought it was higher. Um, his on base percentage, uh, if I'm reading it right. Yeah, his uh, his on Happ. base Ian Happ is yeah 418. Okay. So a little higher. So that's not bad. Uh, yeah. 40, yeah. 40% on base. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll take that. Um, and then Nico Horner, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he will make the all-star team easily. Uh, and I can't, I'm so excited for him. You could see it when he came up and I said it two years ago, if that dude is gets healthy and stays healthy. And I knew that once he started playing, a full season, he's going to be fine. And I, yeah. think, I think he is going to be a breakout star, like absolute I, breakout star this year. I would have to agree with you. I mean, just what we've seen defensively, offensively, he he is putting himself in the conversation very early on as probably one of the best second basemen in the National League, if not the best as it stands right now, which um, if I were if I were a betting man, which – I sometimes am, but a dollar at a time. Um, I would bet my dollar on Nico Horner, uh, yeah. and I would do it through DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have to get uh, I have to get somebody else, and that's what we should do. We should have a, a like a, a betting a wagering thing with two different companies, and see who picks us up. Because, see who picks us up, yeah. Yeah, see who's through DraftKings. I'm it. with the money. Yeah, then right. I'll, money talks, then folks. I'll, yep. Then I'll sell out like everybody else. No, I'm kidding. Oh, um, that's funny. So uh But but here's 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 what I really want to talk about, Romanelli, is is I opened up talking about like, hey, very surprised that this Cubs Cubs team has gotten off to this start. Um, what do you make of what they've done so far and really their ability to sustain it. So does this kind of change your expectation for them at the end of the year? What are your thoughts about them, their potential through the rest of this season? Um, That's a really good question. The idea of changing my thoughts and their potential, I think, do they have that potential to win 90? I don't know. Uh, 85. Yeah. Uh, Potential. Uh, potential wild card team right now, yes. Right now, yes. I believe yeah. that they have they have the hitting, the the pitching. We know that we know your one two are good. Uh, in Stroman and Steele, um, Hendricks just threw today. He threw a simulated game today, so he's on his way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Italians hurt which is disappointing, but if Smiley is, and I will never say Talon's name right, and I know it, uh, it's like a mental block. But if Smiley has found himself uh, the way I didn't believe it, because unless that's what he was doing, was working out all the kinks during yeah. spring training and has found himself, um, then the Cubs will be serious. Uh, I'm not going to say serious contenders, serious uh 
Jesus Christ. Um, just like a competitors, wild, maybe serious, serious wild card team. A serious yeah. wild card team. That's I mean, where I see that. I, I, that that's fair. I do think it does get it got, does get a little dicey for this Cubs team because it used to be in the National League where if you were a 83, 85 win team, sure, you could find yourself in the wild card, no problem. But now, even with the additional wild card spots, these teams are so good in the National League that that may not be enough. And that that just it sucks for where this team's at right now because 85 wins may not do it. And here and here's the other thing. Right now, I can't believe I cannot believe that the strongest division in the National League is the Central. It's like seriously, like of all the years, <laughs> like right now, the Central is the is the single strongest division in baseball. Well, and, while, while you bring it up, so what? what is your take on these Pirates that just are sailing the high seas of victory over here, and they're just looking like world beaters? They they are, um, and it's it's fun to watch. Uh, as Again, as Cubs fans our whole lives, are, you know, uh, we always root for the underdog. So um, I'm excited to see what they do. Obviously, I want them to fall off uh, <laughs> so the Cubs can become – competitive uh milwaukee will always be that thorn i've said it from day one they'll be <laughs> excuse me they'll be around but i don't think they're going to stay around uh i have no issue with what st louis is doing they can stay in the basement for all i care <laughs> um and 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 this is nothing again this isn't like a contrarious thing or a personal thing with anyone on the cardinals it's just i hate them because i'm supposed to and yeah. i still do uh so they can stay there um uh, and I have no issue with that whatsoever. That's interesting. So, I the Pirates are like one of those teams where, and par- this part of us is I think this comes from our fandom too. But they would really take a lot for me to really dislike that team. I feel so bad for their fans all these years, and to see that team being this successful, I mean, they deserve that. I mean, fandom I, aside, like Jesus. I completely agree with you. I had the good fortune of in my. Uh, quest to get to as many parks as I can. I have been to that stadium. It's gorgeous. The people were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, super excited for them. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Rich Hill is with them. He's like the second generation Jamie Moyer. He just will not yeah. stop pitching. Um, and I think he's back with them. Not back with them, but he's still pitching and with them. He, you know, I, if I'm not mistaken, he left the Dodgers to come to the Pirates. So, which brings up your point from one of our earlier podcasts about, I, I I think, I think we both picked the, no, you picked San Diego and I picked the Dodgers to win the West. Yeah. Um, But the Dodgers aren't playing all that great right now. Uh, Yes. They beat the Cubs the last two games, but they don't seem to be as dominant. Yes. They're winning, but they don't seem to be as wholly dominant. So um, I am just like you. I'm super happy for the Pirates. Um, as a matter of fact, I think they play the Pirates, or I'm sorry, the Dodgers coming up. The Pirates and the Dodgers this week. So we'll see how we'll see how the Pirates fare against the Dodgers. Again, the Cubs got tested against the Dodgers in the last two weeks and did pretty well. Now the Pirates, if the Pirates are the real deal, we'll see what happens tomorrow and Wednesday with the Pirates and Dodgers. So um, yeah, right now they're fun to watch. They are. They are fun to watch. And and both Pirates and Cubs are fun to watch. You know, we talked about what the what the what the end of the season standings may be for the Cubs. And and if you go to fan graphs, they actually have a really um really neat feature of their site where they do projected standings throughout the rest of the year based on up to now results. Sure. Um so obviously right now they have the Cubs at twelve and nine. Um they still project by season's end, the Cubs to be 80 and 82, which, oh, which kill me. Uh, it kill you like, as in kill you Although, excitement or like disappoint you. Well, I wanted them to, to be at 500. So if they're, again, if they're under 500, it'll hurt, especially yeah. with what, well, and I, again, I guess it's a two-sided coin. Really? I I'm excited we acknowledge the fact that they're building. So if they're at 500, then they make another move or two uh, to get to the playoffs. But my, my, my true belief is because of the 
amount of playoff uh, experience that those Cubs have as a collective whole. And the Pirates have virtually none, with the exception of McCutcheon and Hill. Um, at least big names that come off the top of my head. Um, I see the Cubs being more competitive than the Pirates in the long run. Uh, we'll see. I could be wrong. Uh, obviously, I hope I am. Um, but we'll see. I, I would be disappointed if they – I told you, they need to be at 500 for, I think, Chicago to be legitimately excited. And I do believe – 80 and 82 will make me sad. That's fair. That's fair. You know, you look at if they can sustain this and the pitching is up to par hitting, they're hitting like they've been hitting. Then they're really just one Shohei Otani away from being really competitive. Oh my God. (laughs) Like I remember you said, like we talked about like half a billion, the, what he's doing now. I mean, like he's, he's got more RBIs than he's given up runs. I saw that yeah. stat. He's got yeah. more RBIs than he's given up runs. What do you pay him? Do you just like open the checkbook and be like, whatever you want. Just right, right. Let us know. <laughs> just let like, and I remember being super excited to see Trout and a million just in the last couple of years. Uh, you make a, you make a concerted effort to go see certain players, certain teams, all that sort of stuff. And I remember being super excited to see Trout like, holy hell what what otani is doing is literally once in a lifetime how 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 do you top what he's doing you you don't because it's just unicorn baseball is what i call it it's just unicorn baseball there's nothing i mean it's unheard i there's nothing you could say about this guy because it's never been done before and i don't know that i'll ever be done again like i i I do think there's something to be said a lot of these people out here are saying oh well otani's this two-way player maybe we'll see an increase in two-way players yeah that's fine whatever you may think that but let's not forget how hard it is to do what he's doing it's hard to play baseball on one side of the ball to do it at an MVP level on both sides of the ball. Don't just think it's a cakewalk and anyone can come up here and do MVP it. MVP level. Yeah. Yeah. That going back to last week, we talked or last time we talked was yeah. you're paying for two MVPs or uh, an MVP and a Cy Young. You're paying in w- one guy. Yeah. Jesus. What do you, uh, yeah. I can't imagine what you pay him. I can't. More money than I can even imagine hell yeah. these guys these guys that are in the league for six years and batting 250 make more money than i can even imagine like come oh on. my god um so let alone show otani um so folks it'll be very interesting to see kind of what what the cubs do over the next couple of weeks obviously if you if we look ahead um at their schedule starting tomorrow they do have um that three game series against the padres um and then it looks like from there after the padres they're actually heading down to florida playing the Florida Marlins um, and the Nationals. So um, I, I would suspect that if they can really pull off a series win against the Padres and show up big, they can have a little bit easier competition with the Marlins and the Nationals. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, now, you know, the Cubs <laughs> and the Sox are like two ships passing in the night. <laughs> and let me explain why I say that because well, keep talking. I'm going to turn on the light in my, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Do the, but, but here, here's why I say that is because the Sox were supposed to be doing what the Cubs are doing right now. Yep. And the Cubs were supposed to be doing what the Sox are doing right now. And so let's, let's just, let me set the scene here for what the white Sox have been doing. Um, so far this season and folks quite frankly it's not great um so if we look passing oh night. passing ships. in the night two golden passing. bunnies two golden bunnies passing <laughs> night. well maybe we can give one of those the socks they didn't get a sugar high and they actually hit the damn baseball um okay. so right now uh the socks find themselves in fourth place in the al central they are seven and 15 the only teams, the only teams to have a worse record than seven and 15 are, and I quote the Kansas city Royals, the Oakland athletics, the Colorado Rockies, 
three teams in the, all of Major League Baseball have a worse record than Chicago White Sox. Oh, you say that's not enough? I got you. You're <laughs> not. Let me let me let me throw this your oh, way, okay, folks? Hold, hold my hold my beer. In my case, hold my Diet Coke. All right. So let's look at how they're placing with their hitting and pitching in the American League. All right, let's take a look at that. <laughs> so the average, not bad, right? Eighth and average in all the yeah. American League. Fantastic. Okay. Strikeouts. Okay, a little high. Seventh in the American League of strikeouts. Gotcha. That's a little All high. right. A little high. Um, home runs. Um, tenth in home runs in Major League Baseball. Okay, fine. Whatever. I get all that. Walks. Okay. They are 14th in walks. They do not know how to draw a walk. They do not know how to get on base. Okay. Nope. Strikeouts. They are seventh in the American League in strikeouts. Now you're thinking, well, Anthony, that's not bad. A lot of those stats are middle of the pack. Well, guess what, folks? If you can't hit the ball, that's one thing. If you can't pitch the ball, that's another. Okay. So if we go over to see their pitching stats so far this year and we go to the team ERA, they have the third worst ERA in all of baseball. Okay. All and of that baseball. Is, and that's with your guy, Dylan Cease. Correct. So they, as a team, collectively have a 547 ERA. The only two teams wow. who have a worse ERA are the Kansas City Royals at a smidge above them at 550 and the Oakland Athletics who have 797. I don't know if they're doing T-ball out there, but 797 is ridiculous. Um, now, more pitching stats here because I really want to paint a picture of what we're dealing with. Okay, so home runs given up. The White Sox have given up the six most home runs. The Sox have, while they can't walk themselves, give up a crap ton of walks. They've given up the second most walks in Major League Baseball, only second worst to the Oakland Athletics. Okay. For some reason, they lead the American League, or they lead the National, uh, the, excuse me, league, they lead Major League Baseball in strikeouts. Interesting enough, the pitchers are striking out people and they lead all of baseball in strikeouts. Weird outlier. I say all of this to say is that right now the Sox are in a downward spiral. And here's why this is important. And this is why I'm going to be dramatic for a second here. And Romanelli, you said it well in the, in the beginning of this. You can't win a pennant and you can't win a World Series in April, but you can lose it. Okay. And oddly enough, Pedro Grafal said the same thing in spring yep. training about this team. Yep. Now, we've been sitting five and a half, six, six and a half years on this rebuild. You know, Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams been sitting here saying, we're going to rebuild this team. You have these big trades, bringing in people like Michael Kopech, Yohan Mancata, these future stars, big boppers, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert. We've all heard these names. All of these guys are now five or six years into their major league career, and we've seen nothing out of them. Injuries aside, that's another thing. That's that's. Oh. But we've seen still when they're on the field, nothing out of these guys. When we see how this team is playing right now, they are not playing cohesively. They're not playing very competitive baseball. And let me just share with you something I saw today on Twitter from um, Ryan McGuffey from um, NBC Chicago. Um, American League offensive ranks, and I appreciate him breaking this down because this makes it even worse. The last 15 days, so most of this month, the last 15 days, the White Sox are last in the American League at average with 198, last in OPS with 610, tied for last in hits with 79 hits, and tied for 13th in the league, so second from last, in runs with 42 over the last 15 days days brutal i don't know what else to say other than i'm tired of hearing it's early i want these guys to play good ball and patience is running out i think across all the fandom and i hope with jerry reinsdorf because this is not the, the rebuild we asked for this is not the competitive window we asked for and i'm starting to ask some really big existential questions about where this team goes from here i i would agree with you um between the injuries and the, the 
five to six year rebuild. Um, that's, that's Kenny Williams job to me. That's Rick Hahn's job to me. Um, and it six, you know, five, six, seven years, that's a long time to be. It's a long time to make no progress. To make no progress when, when realistically you had a new manager and a new energy in Grafal. You had Dylan Cease coming off one of the best years ever. So you you felt good and you felt good about the Clevenger signing. I did. I liked him. I, yeah. I still I still do. So um, injuries aside, and, I, and I'll get to that in a sec. Um, they are not performing now. I have I have extreme dis. I, I have never liked AJ Przinsky, and I. The only reason I bring him up is because he's brutally honest, um, and I don't like him. And he's like, I don't know what the hell they're doing, and that's coming from one of his one of their own. And yeah. he's like, I don't know what they're doing. So, so when one of your own is like, I don't know what you're doing, you've got serious. And and here's the here's the sad part. Um, you bring in. Griffel because you believe in the the new blood and it needed to happen. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you believed that they were turning a corner, but it's like everything they touch falls apart. And at least at the moment, or this is, um, this is their tanking early, not tanking. Uh, this is their losing streak. And then they turn it around. Again, because it is early, but from now on, they're going to have to start winning series now. Yeah, You're at a point you're going to have to start winning series. Not a game here and a game there. Not two in a row. You're going to have to start winning series to to make, and I talked about this last year or last or before, like no one was scared of the Cubs. Now they've the Cubs have put teams on notice, and no one is scared of the White Sox. Nobody. No. No, and, and, and we both had them. We both had uh, the White Sox as the division winners in this central. Correct. I mean, and and you the, you bring up a key point, and that is they need to be winning series, and so far they have won no series and tied right. one, and that one tie was the four game series to start the season against the Astros. So they they're not scaring people. the The books out on these guys. Everyone's scouting report is detailed to the T on this team. And, and I'll, I'll, the more I thought about this Romanelli, the more I really like, how do I explain this? I thought about what is really wrong with this team because you, you, you just said that they're either going to hold the course. And if this, they hold the course like this, folks are on pace for like a hundred losses at this rate. Just saying, yeah, let's hope that's not the case. That's an extreme. But the other extreme is that, yes, this team is full of talented folks. They piece it together. They turn it around. They win 85, 90 games. Still possible. But here's my concern with that is the more days that tick off the schedule and the more they play like this and the more it looks like a carryover from last season, the more that I can't I can't put all my eggs in that basket of them turning it around. And then I, and then I think, well, Anthony, why is that? Like, why is this team continuing to underperform? And I think about what baseball is. And I know this is going to get really kind of deep, again, existential baseball question right here. Baseball is a mental game. It is a mental game as much as it is a physical game. Oh, without question. And, this is a game where you fail 70% of the time and you're a Hall of Fame baseball player, okay? Yep. I don't think this team has the mental fortitude to be consistent and be successful over the course of a full season. I think there is something to be said about Luis Robert five years into his major league career Swimming, sw- swinging at that damn outside slider every freaking time. I think there's something to be said about Eloy Jimenez, who doesn't know his own physical self to avoid a damn injury. I, I just think there's something to be said about the mental fortitude of these individual players combined with a poorly constructed roster. That means that this team, in its current construction, 
will not be successful. It just won't. Quick, quick quiz. You ready? Yeah. 90% of the game is half mental. Who said it? 90% of the game is half mental. Oh, come on. You give me, don't give know. me, don't, don't, give me a hint. Give me a hint. Yankees. Yogi Berra. There you go. Boom. 90% of the game is half mental. <laughs> yeah. And they're, and they're not, they're not there. Um, Jimenez and the injury. And, and this was the thing I warned you about or warned us collectively. Remember I said Jimenez injury, Anderson injury, your, your shortstop and your left fielder are already living the same pattern. They're injured. They're not hitting. Like you said, they're, they're striking out. They're just, they're not, they're not performing to their potential, not even close. And they're, hard to watch they're yeah. hard and i and again i will purposely tune in to watch cease pitch i will purposely tune in to see if they're getting better and i'm bored and i complete and again i think it should have been the complete opposite i figured i was going to be bored and praying that we'd be at 500 by the end of the season right and right now the cubs I think Nico Horner, uh, Dansby Swanson, I think they've put the National League on notice. I think they're uh, they're solid, and the White Sox are – they don't know – they have no identity. That's right, a, now, right now, that's, they have no identity. That's a perfect way to put it, and they've been struggling. They, they have been – they've had that teenage identity crisis for the last three years, okay? And – it, it, it begs the question. I mean, I, I was sitting. So last week they had a I think of like a cold out game, I think last Monday, and they had that doubleheader against the Phillies. I went to that doubleheader game. I sat like halfway through the first one and then through the whole second one. And I'm just watching this team. And it's just it is a brand of baseball that is not exciting. When I we, we talked about the Pirates, when I watch those Pirate games, when I'm watching Cubs games like these are games where like that game is exciting for many one through nine. And, and mm-hmm. these guys just don't have it. And so I then start to ask really, you know, large questions about let's say this team is like this. And the, these socks are the socks that we're seeing now. And this goes through to the trade deadline and through to the end of the year as a season ticket holder, I'm telling you right now. And I feel this way right now. Number one, you got to get Rick Hahn and you got to get Kenny Williams out of there. They've been there for 15, 20 years. It's time. Stop. Because guess what? If those guys were in any other organization performing like this organization has been over the last five to eight years, they would have been gone years ago. And this years is where, ago. And this is where uh, ownership is loyal to a fault. Mm-hmm. They're loyal, you know. They're like sell the team. You know what? If you're not going to sell the team, at least get rid of Han and at least get rid of Kenny Williams. They've been there. I said it. I've already, I said it ten minutes ago. They need. They need to go. If because AJ brought up a point. Uh, again, ugh, I can't believe I'm talking about him. Um, <laughs> seriously, he just creates my last nerve. Um, they don't know. They're, they're. They don't have a lineup that is conducive to producing runs on a consistent basis. Right. You can't like their three, four, five doesn't scare anybody. They're off injured. They're not, they're, they're not putting bat to ball. They're just not doing the small things. They're not doing the little things. And it's just not fun to watch. No, it's, it's, it's really not. And, um, and I didn't expect, I didn't expect to be this, Ne- not negative, but this disappointed so early. Negative is not the right word, but disappointed this early in the season in the White Sox. Again, we yeah. had them. We both had them pegged to win the Central, and maybe this is their. Again, this is their losing streak, and they turn it around. And I'm hopeful that they do. Yeah, I mean, disappointed and 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 bummed is is certainly the word. I I tend to think if they're going to go down, go down hard. Like I don't want. I would rather. If they're going to be this way, just be this way so that big change actually comes, hopefully, after this year. Oh, but I don't – What I Go ahead and keep talking about my cat's trying to 
jam himself into a screen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but one of the one of the things that I, I think about too is I would rather this team go down hard knowing what this team is so that that can prompt big changes in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? I know people sleep on the socks and oh, you know, people are loyal and yada yada this and that. I cannot imagine a scenario where anyone keeps their jobs if this happened two straight years. So I'd rather it happen and get it over with than like them treading the line and thinking, oh, we were close this year. So in 24, if we add this one piece, we'll be fine. No, it's going to take a lot more than one piece. And I don't want people to be fooled by having a 90 or 85, 90 win season when this team can't compete consistently. Yeah, no. And I think um, with... Han and Williams specifically, um, you're right. The 15-year marker, wherever they are, is more than enough. <laughs> there's there's job security, and then there's loyalty to a fault, and this is loyalty to a fault. Um, you can't blame Grafal when he doesn't have the pieces. Um, I was I was already, and if you recall, I told you that Ross to me was going to be on a two-year leash if he didn't make some noise. Well, mm-hmm. he's, he's got the pieces and he's making noise. So yeah. that, right. So he's doing everything he's supposed to based on who the Cubs went out and got. And again, Bellinger to me, I, I picked him to be the, the comeback player of the year. And he's right now doing everything. And then some, we both agreed that Swanson is better than advertised. Horner is in prime baseball his prime his prime baseball life and career and shape and everything and then you look at the other side and no one outside of cease is doing well consistently no one no one and that's a 25-man roster that's hard to that's hard to take and and you talk about the 100 loss i don't think again if this continues and again it's only april but it's already the end of april Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a long season for them, and you and, and no one wants to see that. No, no. I here's and I'm. This is where my my uh, my envy is going to come into play here because we talk about Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams being there for so many years and and not seeing any progress, but but then I look at the at it and and people tell me. Oh, well, people make the argument, oh, well, you know, it's it's really hard to do. Putting a baseball team together is hard, blah, 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 whatever. And I look at the Tampa Bay Rays, and yep. I just think about, like, take that, take that magic sauce down there, get someone from that organization, and do the damn thing. I mean, you look at this team. The Rays are leading Major League Baseball in hits, runs, home runs, RBIs, average, OBP, slugging. OPS. Oh, that wasn't enough. They're leading in ERA. They're leading in earned runs. They're leading in average against. They're leading in whip. This team is a team that has a $35 million payroll that never signs anyone to long-term deals, but it seems like everyone that goes to Tampa figures it out, and it's remarkable. It is is remarkable. I remember when they went and got Joe Madden from Tampa, I was like, you could see that they were developing players and they were winning and no one knew who they were and they kept winning. And I I would bet money. You call 10 people who are baseball fans. No one can name seven players from the race. No. And they're, and they're tearing it up. They're, they're just tearing it up that whatever they do in that farm system, they are light years ahead of everybody else. The Yankees can go and buy talent. The Cubs can go and buy talent. What what Tampa Bay is proving is they know how to develop talent. And that that should be worth more than anything. It should because those are the things that make sustained winners. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers do the same thing. I would argue they're, they're close to the Rays. They're probably secondary to the Rays as far as being able to develop um, prospects, but they're good at it too. And and mind you, their GM, president of baseball operations, is Andrew Friedman. Where did Andrew Friedman come from? Tampa. Mm-hmm. Th- this is not a coincidence. So mm-hmm. I just I look at that team and I, I just am envious because 
that's a team where if I'm a fan of the Tampa Tampa Bay Rays, I'm thinking, I don't care if you don't sign Shohei Otani. I don't care if you don't sign Manny Machado, all these guys. If you're putting, you know, Joe Schmo, John Doe on the field and he's kicking ass, I'll take that. I just want to win. Right. Just win. Um, yeah, just just win. That that's at the end of the day, that's what you want. You don't you don't want to buy wins. You want to buy runs that get you the wins. And that's and, exactly right. And man, they're just they're killing it. And I have to be completely honest, I haven't watched enough. Not of Tampa Bay. I've watched I've watched Pittsburgh, but I haven't watched Tampa. Well, I watched a lot of them over the weekend when they swept the White Sox and pissed me off to no end. Um <laughs> So I watched a lot of that this weekend, and man, are they scary. Um, so obviously, the dichotomy between the Cubs and the Sox right now is quite overwhelming. Um, I'm very interested to see kind of as we get into May here, the second month of the season, when you get a month in, you know, interested to see how players progress. Are they going to go on any streaks? Do they go on a dry spell? We'll see um, kind of where the, the next month takes these two teams. But I do want to talk about some things going on across the league, Romanelli, because um, we talked about some of the, the teams that are hot, like like obviously Tampa, um, Arizona Diamondbacks are playing pretty hot. The Pirates are. But one of the teams that is very much not hot, the Oakland Athletics, um, is moving to the Sin City. They're going to Las Vegas. And this has been kind of – we knew this was probably going to happen. It's been hinted around left and right you know, for, for – almost years now, but it looks like they have a plot of land. They're moving to Vegas. I, I am excited for a, a bunch of reasons, but also I just feel so bummed for that fan base that just got screwed over. Not only did they get screwed over, but I just saw in the last day or two, <clears throat> the worth, the actual value of the owner of the Oakland A's. And he is the single richest major league baseball owner at $2.4 billion, more than Ricketts at 1.8. It just came out in the last 48 hours. I don't even think it was that long. He's the, he's the single richest uh, owner. And that is what makes me hurt. So you want to talk about a guy who, you know, is in it for the money. There's your proof. And you, you have that much money in Oakland where no one shows up. Yeah. What's it, what's he going to be worth? What's he going to be worth in five years in Vegas, for God's sakes? Right, right. I mean, talk about you know going to Vegas and and their setup there is going to be a cash cow of sorts. I mean, I just oh if you, if you think of and here's here's the thing with with Oakland and when you hear or think of the Oakland Athletics franchise, there's a lot there, a lot of memorable moments, a lot of big players, a lot of a lot of, I mean, you think about the seventies athletics teams, I mean, incredible teams. You think about Dennis Eckersley, Jose Canseco, early Mark McGuire, uh, vital blue, all those folks. Reggie Jackson. Like, I mean, Reggie, Reggie Jackson. I mean, you can keep going down this list of like, this has been a storied franchise, one of the oldest franchise franchise franchises in baseball. And, uh, and they're moving to Vegas and it's, it's weird. It's a little weird. It is weird. Um, it's going to be, <clears throat> Difficult to get used to, but I mean, I guess the, the same way when Montreal left and they ended up going to what, Washington. Yeah. Um, eventually people will get used to it. Um, but Oakland has been a mainstay in baseball since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be very strange. It is going to be very, very strange. As long as they don't like water baseball down and continue to add a million teams I'm okay with the move. I am very sad for uh, the Oakland fan base without question. Um, mm -hmm. it, I never made it to the stadium. That's okay. That's not a big deal. That's about no. me. But uh, yeah, I'm terribly, terribly sad for the Oakland fan base. Um, yeah, just awful. Ugh, that's nuts. Well, if, if, if anything, I'm personally a fan of Vegas. Granted, I don't gamble or I don't drink. I go for the sights, sounds, and very awkward smells. Uh, but um, I do enjoy going to Vegas. And when they build that really cool, what is going to be an amazing ballpark, I'm sure count me in. We're, yeah, going. we're going, we're having a great time. Yeah, we're absolutely going. Um, however, <laughs> it'll, it'll be, I wonder how soon it will be. Are, like, will they be playing next year? 
No. So what I read this uh, today, there was an update that they're trying to make complete the move by 2027. So it's still going to be a while. Okay. And I mean, at that point, I would figure by 2026, the possums won't just live in the stadium. They'll be running the booths in the stadium. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cheap employment, you know, whatever. Thanks, David Frost. Um, But uh, that's Oakland moving to Vegas. We'll be interested to see what their ballpark looks like. There's nothing I love more. And this is when it comes to baseball, my favorite thing is ballparks. And I love seeing like new ballpark renderings and what it's going to be like. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, me too. I loved. So I've been to quite a few. I really liked Detroit. Uh, I liked that stadium a lot. Uh, Pittsburgh was fantastic. Baltimore has a great appeal to it uh boston was awesome boston was just so boston just felt so historic i've never been to either new york stadium never been to yankee stadium never been to Mm. um what is it city park or city bank or city field yeah thank you uh in new york um i'm trying to think of stadiums that i want to go to um part of me but i can't you know I can't get past the whole Houston thing there. The, <laughs> the way the stadium looks, I I'm intrigued on the yeah. inside. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think of who else I would like to go see. I don't know off the top of my head, but I've been to quite a few. So there's nothing I love better than going to a ballpark for the first time. It's great every time. Yes. I've been to Cleveland. I've been to new, uh, even Minnesota's new stadium. It's, it's, it's nice. Yeah, it is very, it's very nice. I want to uh, wrap up talking about one of the things that you love so dearly and that's rule changes. Um, (laughs) So uh, we'll wrap up talking about uh, a new rule change that was announced that is going to be tested in the Atlantic league season. So for those of you who don't know, all these rule changes that you're seeing this year, things like pitchcock, larger bases, all of that was tested for many years. And the testing started in the, in the Atlantic league and then moved its way up through the minor leagues. So, they did announce what they're calling a designated pinch runner experimenting this season, the Atlantic league. So let me read a little bit about what exactly this is. So um, this is from MLB trade rumors here. Uh, This year's season will be this year's season. will be testing the following rules, which with direct wording for the major league release. This is what major league baseball said new to the Atlantic league. This season will be the use of a designated pinch runner. Each club will list a player who is not otherwise in the starting lineup as a designated pinch runner. That player may then be substituted at any point into the game as a base runner. The player who is substituted for as well as the pitch runner may then return to the game without penalty. Unlike the new MLB rule, which allows a pitcher to disengage from the pitching rubber twice during an at-bat, the Atlantic lead will permit only a single disengagement per at-bat. That's another rule. They're testing a single disengagement. A third rule that they're testing, this one's interesting. They will continue to, to use, they had it last year a little bit, the double hook DH rule. And what this is, is it allows clubs to use the designated hitter throughout the whole game, provided that the club's starting pitcher has completed at least five innings. If the starter fails to make it through the fifth, the club loses the DH for the remainder of the game. And that is purely meant for starters to stay out longer, to incentivize managers to keep their starters out longer, longer to keep that DH in the lineup. Knock it off. <laughs> so uh, that's no bueno for you. None of no, these. Knock it off. Like I can, I can get behind the pitch clock to get the game moving. It's, it's taken a little bit of time for me to get used to, but I'm sort of okay with it. The, the, the bigger base, fine. I don't, I don't like the, you can only throw over twice. Mm. because it's it's no longer a cat and mouse game now it's just i'll wait till he throws over twice and i'm gone then i'm gone and every guy with speed is gone and they're and they're gone before he he barely sets you you see it you see it happening already and that's not that's not cat and mouse and there's a strict 
uh, to use a word of George Bush, strategery. Uh, the strategery, <laughs> um, the strategy behind baseball is being beat if they're making all these changes. Why in basketball can you make an offensive and defensive uh, substitution with no problem? So there, And that's how it should be because you're playing chess. And what you're doing by all of this stupid stuff, I'm okay with, for example, I'm okay with the guy on second base in the extra innings during the regular season. Postseason, no. Everything's got to be earned. The same way, the same way in postseason hockey, nope, no, no three on three. It's five on five. That's how we play the game. That's how the game ends. Don't do it just for the sake of time. You go, there's there's like nothing better than playoff hockey. Like the intensity in playoff hockey is yeah. phenomenal. That 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 atmosphere is like none in the world, except maybe. No. Except maybe like World Cup soccer. Soccer. Honestly, yeah. Right. Honestly, World Cup soccer and Stanley Cup hockey. Just that intensity from the puck drop to the second the, the ball is it moves in soccer. Like knock it off. You you want that, you want the cat and mouse game because that's that's the whole idea. Is it's it's mental, it's physical, it's it's endurance based, and you're taking all of that away with this like the da like half a dh and a pinch knock it off just i i am i am okay with the with the second base or the guy on second base to get the game moving during the regular season don't do are they doing that in the postseason i believe so why don't don't because because it's an unfair that's the okay let me go to football the coin toss you don't give the other team an opportunity to do the same thing based on a coin toss, that's bullshit. Right. Yeah. Right. It's the I, same yeah, I get thing. that. It's the same thing because it's not, it's not the full game. It's not the full rule. You threw a rule in to speed up the game. You've taken away the how and why the game was invented and what its purpose was. And the purpose isn't to go is, is to go 360 feet, not 180. Right. Well, an argument could be made that if they put in the rule to speed up the game with all this pitch clock and disengagement stuff, wouldn't that negate the need for the runner on second? Yeah. And extras if the game's moving quickly? Yeah. And and here's the other thing. So I don't know. I don't want to get too too deep. <laughs> I'll, I'll you get so too. so ant. You get your angst with this is just so man, so funny. Because I, I get I get the pitch clock. I get it. That I get. The, the extra inch or whatever, three inches around on a base, fine. I don't care. The, the, yeah. to me to me, the only thing they should have done with bases is what they do in. Uh, like high school is where they have a base for the runner and then the base for the pitcher. So they're not hitting the same base and ultimately hurting themselves or like, you know, breaking an ankle or where they have the runner having, having like the extended base in the foul territory. Like mm -hmm. to me, that would be a good, I don't know, adjustment. Uh, yeah. But like making second and third that much big, like big deal. Nobody steals third or enough to to make that matter. Um, right. And they've and they've only made it a little bit bigger because guys are taking off more. It's just so I don't know. It's just stop trying so hard. I guess is my is my point. Stop trying so hard. That's like in in basketball. Okay, so your first free throw can be from five feet. Your second free throw can be from seven feet. And then your third free throw can be from the, the 10 feet. Like that's just wait, wait till they, wait till they do stuff to basketball. <laughs> the 24 second clock was a good thing in, in basketball and the three point line. Fine. What else are you going to do to basketball? What else are you going to do to hockey baseball? They're just going ape shit. And it's, it's nuts. This is fantastic. You could write a whole book on this. Oh, without question. <laughs> oh man, folks. 
we've gone an hour today like we usually do because there's so much stuff to talk about obviously we'll be back next week and you know what we've learned this last couple weeks here cubs doing very well white Sox having some struggles and you know what let's hope that this is that let's see not hope in the case of the cubs hope but let's see if this is who they really are or if we're or if we are uh, uh, getting fooled here, you know, that George, you want to stay on George W. Bush quotes, you know, as he said, fool me once, shame on you. Uh, fool me, uh, can't get fooled again. So <laughs> let's see exactly how this team does or how these teams do in the next few weeks. Um, and hey, what happens, but, you know, fortunes. Whew. I hear music. We'll, we'll see you next time, folks. Take care.